looking to invest in a franchise, then our Buying a Franchise podcast is for you. Join us as we go through all of the franchise basics and help you on your journey to finding your dream franchise. Here at Inside Franchise Business, we acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to elders past and present. Hello and welcome. My name is Amy Varta and this is the Buying a Franchise podcast. It's vital listening for anyone interested in buying or that's in the process of buying a franchise. As usual, I am joined by Sarah Stowe, editor of Franchise Business, Australia's leading franchise hub to help guide us through everything we need to know about the franchise buyer's journey. Today, we're going to uncover what you need to know about the franchising code of conduct. Sarah, welcome. Now, I have to admit, this doesn't sound like the sexiest topic we could be discussing, so I guess it must be very important for us to be chatting about it. Hi, it's good to be here. Ah, yes, you're so right. Talk of codes does sound rather heavy, doesn't it? I'd love to be able to cover off on this really quickly. But it is something that's important and franchise buyers aren't generally familiar with it. So I think there is value in dipping in and highlighting why it's relevant. So let's stick with it. Okay, I agree. Sometimes the most important things require little effort to get into grips with. So let's get into it. Can you start by telling us what exactly is this code? The Franchising Code of Conduct covers the business interactions between franchisees and franchisors. If I can give you a bit of background. There's a natural power imbalance between the franchisors and franchisees, with franchisors who own the brand and business systems holding that balance of power. So the code was introduced to address problems that could arise from this. It isn't new, but over the years it has been updated and revised to reflect changing expectations. I'm going to get a bit heavy here, but I'll be quick. It's important to note that this is a mandatory industry code which sits under the Competition and Consumer Act of 2010. And that means it's regulated by the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, the ATOC. While this might seem like too much detail, I'm explaining it because the code is part of a bigger regulation and it is mandatory. So its rules and regulations have to be complied with. So who exactly has to comply, Sarah? Is this something that the franchisors who own the overall business have to worry about? Yes, absolutely. Franchisors do need to adhere to the standards and processes set out in the Franchising Code of Conduct but so too do the individual franchisees in almost every franchise operation in Australia. There are a handful of exceptions, such as if the business is governed by another industry code. The Franchising Code of Conduct, but it's a bit long-winded, isn't it? Let's call it the code, is a legally binding set of rules that apply, even if the brand is an overseas business. If it is operating in Australia, both franchisors and franchisees have to comply. Okay, so we know we need to follow the rules, Sarah, but what exactly is in the code? Essentially, it's a set of rules that govern the, that govern the important interactions between franchisors and franchisees. So the overarching element is about both sides acting in good faith, but there are four other more specific areas that the code provides regulations for disclosure, franchise agreements, termination, and dispute resolution. Okay, so let's look at each of these in turn so we can be sure we've understood what's involved in each section. Sarah, tell us more about good faith. Well, good faith is about standards of behaviour. What does this mean? Well, it means both the franchisor and the franchisee are required to act in good faith by adopting an honest, fair and cooperative approach to their dealings with each other and in business in general. Now, it would probably be helpful if the code defined exactly what good faith means, but it doesn't. So it is open to interpretation. 
However, the concept is encapsulated in what's called common law. And under common law, good faith means any parties to an agreement have to act reasonably and cannot be arbitrary in their behaviour. Do you have any examples you could share that would explain a little more clearly? Yeah, well, if the franchisor, for instance, is dishonest or undermines the franchisee's legitimate interest, then that's failure to act in good faith. For instance, if a franchisor continued to sell franchises when it knew it would soon close down the franchise side of the business. Of course, it works both ways. So if a franchisee chooses to be dishonest um, in dealings with the franchisor, that also is regarded as a failure of good faith. Now, it extends to all elements of the franchising relationship, and it, it starts before any documents are signed, when the franchise buyer and the franchisor are in negotiations. And the rules of good faith apply to the franchise agreement, to dispute resolution, and to exiting the business. Okay, so just to pin it down a little more, what happens if, as a franchisee, I want the franchisor to change something in the franchise agreement because it doesn't work for me? That's a good question. Um, the principle of good faith doesn't prevent either party from making decisions that are commercially favourable to them. So a franchisor is not required to make any changes to a franchise agreement simply because a franchisee requests this. This is not seen as a failure of good faith. They could, however, um, go ahead and make those changes. Another point worth mentioning is that good faith overrides any clause in another document that might try to limit it. So you've mentioned here about failure to act in good faith. What actually happens if this is called out? That's a good point, Amy. Um, because the Code of Conduct is legally binding and it's part of the Competition and Consumer Act, the ACCC can investigate any alleged breaches and can even take action, legal action if necessary, to seek financial penalties. Of course, that applies to breaches of, other, of the other elements too, not just good faith. It could equally be applied to a franchisor or franchisee breaking their franchise agreement. What about the franchise agreement, Sarah? What does the code say about this? The franchise agreement is the contract between the franchisor and franchisee, and the code outlines what needs to be included in terms of concepts, and it does contain some specific rules. According to the code, the franchise agreement should provide clear details of the franchisee's rights, responsibilities and obligations, and also the obligations of the franchisor. However, what it doesn't do is prescribe the exact content. So franchisors are free to shape their agreements within these guidelines, and every franchise agreement will be different. What the code doesn't allow for is a 14-day cooling-off period. So after signing a franchise agreement, the franchisee can decide to back out of the contract and get all or some of their money back. There may be administrative costs to pay within this time frame. Um, I, I believe we've got a whole podcast on what franchise buyers should look for in a franchise agreement. So that's definitely worth a listen. Sarah, back to the code, you mentioned disclosure. So what's the role of the code there? Well, the franchisor has to give any prospective franchisee certain documents before they sign a franchise agreement during and during the term of the agreement. One of the documents is a disclosure document, and this will include specific details about the franchise system, a behind-the-scenes look, if you like, at the operations. And it's designed to give a potential franchise franchisee plenty of information they can base their buying decisions on. The code outlines what has to be included in the disclosure document. And there is a long list, so I won't go into the details. But you have previously, Sarah, um, in another podcast, so we can link to that in the show notes. It's definitely worth a listen. So what about disputes? This is obviously an issue in some businesses. So how does the code affect this? 
Well, they, of course, disputes do occur, but fortunately, they often don't reach the stage of needing arbitration or mediation. However, uh, the code does insist that franchisors have an internal dispute resolution process. So that involves the franchisor or franchisee writing to the other, outlining what the dispute is about, what resolution they would like, and what steps are necessary for, for the issue to be settled. Then, if necessary, um, there's a further step to go to arbitration, mediation, or conciliation, and this would normally take place with an independent arbitrator. So, frank, while franchisees and franchisors can, of course, resort to legal action, it's an expensive option. And the point of the code um, is that the processes it sets out are designed to avoid this, if possible. Okay, so we've dealt, we've dealt with good faith, the franchise agreement, dispute resolution, what else was there? Uh, well, the code also shapes the processes around leaving a franchise business. So in, in particular, um, franchisees who want to leave their franchise early will need to adhere to a set process um, outlined in the code. And in a case where a franchisee has breached the agreement, the franchisor must give usually not less than 30 days written notice of the breach and set out what the franchisee needs to do to rectify that breach. Then if the franchisee fails to fix the problem, the franchisor may terminate the agreement. Again, the specifics of the breach are not outlined by the code. This is just the process. So as you can see, Amy, the code serves to provide a framework for both franchisors and franchisees to work with before they set up the agreement, during the agreement, and at the end of the franchise term. Right. So if we go back to earlier in the podcast, at the start of our discussion, Sarah, you did mention that the code has been updated regularly or over time. You can tell me how regularly. Yes. Is there yeah. anything new that franchise <laughs> buyers need to know about? It has been regulated. Um, it has been updated over time. And, and obviously the most recent version is what's relevant to, to new franchise buyers and current franchisees. Um, so each revision, each revision has provided more information and protection to franchisees. The newest development is um, the launch of a national franchise register, um, which was activated last year. So the idea is that if you're looking to buy a franchise, you can search the register and view franchise or profiles and disclosure information online. Excellent. Well, Sarah, it's been really useful to get some insights into the franchising code of conduct. It can seem quite daunting, so it's good to drill down a little into what it's all about. Do you have any kind of top-line key takeaways for us? I think there's a couple of points that I'd highlight. I think it's crucial for a potential franchisee to appreciate that the code is legally binding and that there can be financial consequences for them for breaching it. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you are a franchisee or a franchisor. And that's why it's useful to have a specialist franchise lawyer look at the documents a franchisor gives out just to ensure that everything is in fact code compliant. Because while the code has an impact on both parties, it has been designed to deliver protections to franchisees. Great points to finish on, Sarah, and thank you. We did mention a couple of other podcasts which cross over with the code, the franchise agreement and the disclosure document. So if you haven't checked these out yet, have a listen. Uh, they're jam-packed with really useful information. And as usual, in the show notes below, we've got links and references if you want to follow this further and get more in-depth information before you continue your journey to buying a franchise. Thank you for listening. Thanks again for listening to our Buying a Franchise podcast. Each episode, we uncover more tips and expert advice to streamline your franchise journey. So don't forget to subscribe and as always, visit franchisebusiness.com 
www.franchisehandbook.com.au to download your free franchise handbook and access even more great franchising info.